On today's Sherpa Review, we bring in Bill Sweetman, Jeff Sass, and Drew Rosner to discuss the usual, you know, domains at auction, the current market, uh, media options, best month of the year. Um, but then towards the end, we get really interesting. Um, Drew talks for a while about the efficient and effective capital allocation factors. Um, he really gets on fire about all asset classes, especially the importance of exogenous factors during these uncertain times. On top of that, um, each of these folks, you know, uh, Bill and Jeff are some of the biggest movie buffs in the domain industry. So all three of them discuss uh, not only business recommendations for uh, podcasts or TV or movie, but also entertainment options. I left with hours worth of ideas and I hope you do too. Hey, Sherpa Network, thanks for joining us. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today we're doing the Domain Sherpa Review. This is the show where we get into the minds of successful domain name investors using real examples so we can learn strategies and tactics to become better investors ourselves. We'll have our three segments to the review. First, we'll start off learning what the Sherpas recently bought or sold, hear a little bit about what's going on in the market today. Uh, next, We'll discuss some domain names going to auction soon at namejet.com and whether the Sherpas think they're a good investment opportunity for you. And finally, we have some real forward thinkers on today's show. We're going to discuss what uh, we think, but particularly what we hope for the industry in a three to five year uh, vision. So delighted to have three past Sherpas and industry thought leaders joining us today. Uh, hello, Bill Sweetman joining us from Name Ninja. How you doing, Bill? I am great. Happy spring, everyone. Nice to see you. You, um, you look like you're having a happy spring. I hear there's a tulip festival up in Ottawa. Yes, tulip festival opened uh, I think over this past weekend, and it magically combined with a little bit of snow, which is a first time ever in the history of Ottawa. <laughs> tulip festival and snow in May. Who would have thunk it? Wow, that's wild. What a great way for people in Ottawa to just go for a walk without really congregating. Um, but I hear you have yours in your front yard. I do. Cool. All right. Well, if we ever have a, a tulip show, uh, I'll make sure we, we a tulip tour, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on. Um, Jeff Sass, hello, joining us from Dot Club. And uh, looks like you are in the heart of Manhattan there. How you doing? Yeah, not not really. This is the uh, the Zoom at home edition of Domain Sherpa, so we could be anywhere. So and and I will tiptoe through those tulips with Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I feel I'll like tiptoe through some tulips with Tom Bassett. Yeah. This is going to be a good show. Uh, and Drew <laughs> Rosner joining us from MediaOptions.com. Hello, Drew. How you doing? Uh, loaded question. Loaded question. I'm good. You know, more or less, uh, all good. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's, it's basically without going down a rabbit hole. That's basically all I'd say. 
<laughs> well, your rabbit oh, holes okay. are sometimes our favorite. Oh, but that's all right. We'll get started when you're ready. Yeah, but we don't want to go down to like the first sentence of the show. Yeah, yeah. We got to hold out that, that later on there will be a good one. Um, yeah. Each of you for, for joining uh, me. I know you have, you're so busy with your fully packed travel schedules. Um, but thanks for making the time to be on the show. So let's do this. What's new Sherpas? Um, we're gonna go through something you recently acquired or sold in the past few weeks, preferably. Um, we want to learn what you paid or received for the domain, why you thought it was a good deal, how the negotiations progressed. Um, really, we just wanna mostly hear what's going on in the market today and what other um, Sherpas think of that. So Bill, you're up first. What's something you bought or sold lately? Great. So this is always a challenge for me because I'm a buyer broker and most of the deals I transact are covered under or hidden behind NDA agreements. So usually there's nothing I can talk about, but I actually can talk about a deal. Um, but let me start with the domain names, uh, sorry, the domain name to just get people's perspective. Because uh, I quite like this name and this was an acquisition I did for a client. So the domain name is racefans.com, racefans.com. So right. over to the shippers for what they think of that and what that might have been acquired for. Okay, so you acquired racefans.com for a client. Um, all right, Drew and Jeff, you get to guess what you think you paid for it. Uh, Racefans, it's a good domain. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess it's something to do with horse racing because that's a pretty hot category. Um, I'm going to uh, say, okay. not horse racing. Uh, all right. I'm going to say race fans. I'm going to say $25,000. Okay. $25,000. What do you think? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lower. I think, um, I think race fans, it's a good name and obviously it can um, point to many different industries, whether, it, you know, you mentioned horse racing, but obviously it could be car racing, it could be running, it could be, you know, any, any kind of race uh, other than the human race. Cause we're, we're not doing that well right now, but <laughs> uh, other races, <laughs> I, I would say, um, I'm going to say it was more like 12 5. Okay. Right. That's that's a big difference. So So Jeff Jeff is warmer, but there's a bit of a gotcha here. So um, the name was acquired uh, on Namejet through the expiry auction um, for Whoa. one of my clients. My client is in the uh, car racing car enthusiast business. Uh, I actually got the Namejet newsletter a month or so ago. I get it obviously every week. And I saw this name it was listed in the newsletter. And because I know I've worked with this client before, I reached out to them and said, hey, there's this really great race name that's expired. Would you like me to take a run at getting it? And they said, oh yeah, great. And we defined a budget um, and, and they gave me a significant budget to acquire it. I basically said to them, look, if it's going to sell in the auction, it'll probably be picked up by a domainer. And if a domainer picks it up, they're probably going to want 10, 20, 30 grand for it. Like it'll be in the tens of thousands. I said, but probably we can get it for less than that in the auction. 
So long story short, after about half an hour of me duking it out with the other top bidder, uh, I picked it up for the client for $2,128. Oh. Wow. Nice. Done. Which was way below the client's budget. Client is ecstatic. Yeah. And I just think it's an incredible brand name. And there's no trademarks either. Like it's just, it's completely clean slate, fantastic brand. I can't wait to see what they uh, do with it. You know, I've always, I, I'm sort of torn on the subject, but, I, but I've always kind of felt, you know, I'm torn only because, um, I, you know, I actively participate in these auctions and want to be able to buy good domains at good prices. Um, but I've always felt that there was a huge hole in the market. You have hundreds of people, mostly in India and Eastern Europe and uh, in Africa, uh, you know, who are hustling, trying to make a living, and they're mostly front running these auctions, emailing folks, trying to sell the domain before it even closes. And that's not kosher. That's bad. That, that's creating inefficiencies and, and bad reputations throughout the industry and for the industry. And it's, it's a clusterfuck. However, what you did, there's a huge gap in the market there. And, you know, it's not worth it for you to go reaching out to uh, every potential end user who could benefit from one of these domains that's expired. Um, but, you know, it's worth it on some, and it's worth it for other people on a lot of other things. Um, and, and there is, you know, in, in the world we're in, 30% percent unemployment in the United States alone, uh, I think it's 60% here in Portugal at the moment. Um, a lot of people are ways to make money and it's like as far as i'm concerned domain names and this will we'll get into this later in, in the show but like domain names of the future i mean if there's anything that we do know is fact there's a lot of uncertainty in this in this environment right um but if there's one thing we know uh, as an absolute certainty is that this virus has caused the experience of the shift to digitalization and that's what's good for domain names. Domain names are the underlying asset class in the digital economy. So um, I think that, you know, that's a great example just of like, like, you know, a little bit of arbitrage um, and a little bit of actually providing real value to businesses, right? Like there are a lot of businesses that can benefit from owning these names. That, bag, that business yeah. will ultimately money because you help them get that name and it was interesting because you made some money it was interesting because i when i saw the name initially i thought of a different client because there were two different clients that i've worked with had a connection to the automotive racing world um so i reached out to the first one and he was like oh that's a great name but yeah no we're we're we we don't have a use for it but thanks for letting us know and then so then i reached out to the other one and the other one was was actually he said let me introduce you to my colleague he would love to get that name for something we're working on or would like to work on. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just really happy with the way it worked out so i think it speaks so much to the importance again of the relationship ongoing relationships with your broker um i don't know how much um companies really are beginning to grasp that i i think still not a whole lot but um, it's really important to have an ongoing relationship with a broker where they know, 
you have going on, what markets you're moving into, what changes you may be thinking about, so that if something does come up, there's there's a time and a space for it, you know? It also highlights the, the importance of having an opportunistic mindset in this business, because you really don't know when a certain name is going to become available or a certain term suddenly has value. And if you're not always approaching it with that open kind of opportunistic outlook, you're going to miss those opportunities. So, you know, it's not black and white. You have to always be looking for that unexpected opportunity. You're right. And Jeff, I feel like you see the world in technicolor. You, uh, yeah, it's good to work with creative people, isn't it? Um, all right, Jeff, what'd you buy or sell lately? Okay, so I'll go with a sale of a dot club name. So we recently sold a couple of weeks ago, collectors.club, collectors, plural, dot club. Now, was this a registry reserved domain? So no, actually this was sold, um, it was sold through the registrar channel. Um, I don't, do you want me to say which registrar or does that give, give too many oh, you're right. clues uh, as to potential price? I don't know. You, you boys are really or you need more info. So it was, it was sold by GoDaddy. So I'll tell you that. Is there another registrar? <laughs> There's still a handful out there. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to go first with that one because I, I like that name. I, uh, you know, both Jeff and I are huge movie fanatics. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a movie collectibles collector and, and that's a, I'm pretty sure it's a billion dollar industry, just just all the trinkets and trash related to movies. So so I think that's a really solid name. And I, and I actually, after the show, I'm kind of curious to see what buyers done with it or will do with, do with it. So collectors club, so many potential uses, uh, and it could be collectors of anything, not obviously just movie stuff. Um, and it could be a subscription box thing, who knows, but regardless, uh, that's the one word domain. I think it's actually better than the singular because it's about the collector's plural. Uh, so I look at that as a great brand. And so I think the buyer should have been happy to get that for, I'm going to say somewhere in the 15 to $25,000 range. Okay. So I'll say $20,000 just to put a number on it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say, um, I don't know, eight grand. Um, but I agree. It is a, it's a, it, I, I collect this club a lot. Um, uh, collectors.club. Collectors.club. Yeah, good, good name. I, if I had to take a stab, it would eventually be, only be one of these, another one of these, um, you know, fractional uh, investment platforms for, you know, collectibles. Um, uh, which I, I actually believe is a, an amazing business, but um, I think it is. I think it's getting a bit crowded, but but I think it's a, a, a very exciting space, and that's a cool, very cool name for it. Um, you know, I was just thinking about it though. Is like, you know, I think Collector Club Singular is the better domain. Mm. Um, collector Club, Collectors Club. That's a tricky one. I think collectors uh, club. Collectors it, sounds good. It, it flows, flows from off the, the collector club, <laughs> right? Collectors. I think collectors. I don't know. 
think they're both, both good. Names. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I, I, I flip. I flip. I'm, uh, which is a good sign, okay. I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to stick so, with eight, Greg. I'm going to stick with eight. Okay. So I think, the, first of all, in some respects, you're almost both right in that. Drew is correct. Drew is very close in terms of the actual sale price. So it's sold by GoDaddy for $7,000, right? But I say that Bill was almost correct because that was previously priced at 20 grand. So we actually repriced at Doc Club. We repriced a lot of our names to get them into the registrar channel because one of the things that we've found is, you know, that's where the action is. And we're selling, you know, on a daily basis, we're selling tons of premium names through the registrar channel. So we did a reevaluation. And rather than hold out for higher prices, it makes more sense to get the volume that we can get through the registrar channel. So we took a lot of great names like Collectors Club, which was previously a $20,000 name, and lowered their prices to get them into the flow of the registrar channel. So it was a great price for a great name, and we're happy to have it out there and, and have it in the hands of someone who hopefully will put it into good use. Very Jeff, cool. I just, just wanted to also uh, wish Doc Club, uh, I think it's your sixth anniversary in the last week or so. Yeah, Ooh, last week. Last week was uh, six years since we launched, which is um, hard to believe. Eight, eight years since that we started the whole process. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah, that, that is, that's hard to believe. Yeah. And you're still everything's you're, changed and everything's the same, right? Six years later. Right? <laughs> you're still you're still fighting yeah. the good fight and you're out there pushing hard and uh, yeah. selling domains. And uh, so congratulations on making it making it through the long slog. Yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting ride. And it, sure. you know, I'm, I you know, in the situation we're currently in, I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to do all the traveling we did in the early days of Doc Club. And, you know, <laughs> first, literally the first 36 months from launch, I was on the road, you know, pretty much nonstop all over the world, around the world several times. And looking at it back from the current situation we're in, I'm so grateful to have had the chance to meet so many of our registrars in person, to meet so many of you, you know, Drew and people who lived outside the country in person. And so it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's a business that was so driven by travel and right now you know that piece is sadly missing so it's been very an interesting journey for sure do you think there will be a switch because i mean there's so much talk about the um you know this kind of isolation not just that it's going to end and be done but maybe 18 months of on and off or something how much are people switching to online connectedness is that something that dot club thinks will bring in some extra business well i think you know getting into the the latter part of our, our our agenda for today and talking about what the future i mean certainly the current situation has opened up tremendous opportunities not just for dot club but i think for anyone in the domain industry in the website builder industry in the hosting industry you know i'm seeing just in my circle you know, people who were not online before suddenly have a need to go online. You know, my son, my oldest son is a chef. He was laid off. He built a website now, and now he's doing online virtual cooking classes. You know, he had never had a need to have a domain name or a website. So we registered, you know, chefsaxass.club and chefsaxass.com and went to GoDaddy and built him a website. And, and my, my fiance, who uh, some of you have met, you know, she's a therapist. You know, for years, 20 years, she's had a private practice that relied on people coming to see her in person. And I was always saying as the tech guy in the family, 
Why don't you go online? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And she said, nah, nah, nah. Now she's seeing you know, more patients than she's ever seen before doing it yeah. through telemedicine online. I built a website for her. You know, she never had a yeah. website. She never needed one. And, and, and that's going to continue when the pandemic is over. She's not going to go backwards now that she sees the benefit of being able to do all this stuff virtually and online. You know, so I think we're very fortunate to be in an industry that's digital first and foremost, and more so that, that people who are faced with new work situations and new situations at home are looking to expand their online presence or looking to find ways to earn a living, to connect with people, to do all these things online. And a domain name is at the heart of all of that. How many people are using a domain name pointed to their Zoom uh, meetings? You know, we use a, a, a dot club domain that points to our Zoom meetings. I use one personally when I have a call with someone, I give them a domain name that links to the Zoom meeting so they don't have to remember you know, I got my gym to do that. We've been doing our, our workouts by Zoom, so I got them to use a domain name. So now they don't have to send out a link for every meeting. Everyone in the gym yeah. knows what the domain is, and they just go to that domain to open up their Zoom meeting when it's is time for their class. Is your gym using a dot club? <laughs> they're all using dot. Everyone I mentioned just now is using a dot club. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, say what domain they're using because I don't want them to be Zoom bombed. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they are using a dot club domain. Yeah, I think finally our uh, friends and family know what we do for a living. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, everybody gets it now. Um, all right, Drew, what'd you buy or sell lately? You had a tweet. Hold on. Before we leave this conversation, I want to go back to Jeff. Okay. Uh, what about, what, what are you guys doing with that join the dot club? What, you still own that? You guys have it, right? Uh, probably. I, I can look it up, but I'm sure we do. I, I feel I was thinking about this, I don't know, it was two or three weeks ago that, you know, you got, I, I just listened to my wife and it's like, you know, she's talking to her friends and, you know, everybody's complaining about the homeschooling, everybody's complaining, everybody's complaining about fucking everything. And they always and say, join the club. Join the club. Join the club. Yep. Right. And I, I was thinking about it the other day. I heard her say that. I just, you know, whatever. I, I think about the name names and it doesn't matter what happens. It's like, you know, there's a domain for that. And so, you know, I heard that and I was like, oh, man, join the dot club. And I, I was like, I wonder if they still, because I, I don't remember why, but when you did that whole 50 cent in the club, yeah, you know, there was, I remember there was something also around join the dot club and there was, you know, and I was thinking about it like, man, you guys have got an opportunity there for marketing. There's a marketing opportunity to, to, to do something with join the dot club and, and not, nothing promotional, just create a, a, a zoom room for people to come and just complain or you know, or, or, you know that's a great get, it's a it's a great idea it could be a venting it could be a place for people to just vent their frustration hire a psychologist yeah. hire a psychologist yeah. paid for by dot club <laughs> and you know people could just show up and rant you got you know you got like a you got five minutes to just rant right um, we, can, we can set that up. You know, or, that or maybe there's like different windows. Like you go to join the dot club and there's like, you know, eight different selections. It's like, you know, here, I need a psychologist. You know, I just need to like, I need like a punching bag. It's like, you know, I'll volunteer. I'm a great punching bag. Come we'll have to, get it up and run. We'll have to get up and running before the show airs. We'll have to get it up and running. Like, we have a, I love it. I think it'd be we great. have it fully staffed right here. We're gonna have Jeff's fiance, the the you know, providing mental health support in one box. <laughs> Another box, you can see um, Zach and take a cooking class. 
Another one, you can get all zen and meditate with Bill Sweetman. Then another one, you can rant with Drew Rosner. I think, boom, you, you got it all right there. No, um, there is definitely a lot of fun um, marketing campaigns yeah. around there. I think it's a good I, idea. I really we'll have to jump join, on. Join the dot club has huge viral potential. I don't know what the concept is, but there is a huge potential there. All right. In, We're on in, in this environment. All right. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't, we sold a bunch of domains. Um, however, uh, I can't really talk about most of these. Uh, what I will say, Bill and I just did a deal. Uh, it hasn't fully completed yet, but I'm, I'm hundred percent confident it will. Uh, but it only took uh, two yeah. years too. <laughs> I think two it might years. Have been more than two years, but, yeah, but yeah, it was at least two years. It was at least two years to, to close that deal. Uh, who would have thunk that two years later in the midst of the world's worst crisis, we'd actually come to the finish line. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't think the deal would close. So I'm, I'm ecstatic that it worked out. Yeah, me too. Me too. How often does a deal take two years and why? More well, often than you might yeah. think, to be honest yeah. with you. But, and but, that's two uh, years that I was involved. Because um, mm -hmm. the, the, my client, I think he'd, he'd been stalking the name, I think, earlier than I got involved, too. And he, I mean, he, he loved, loved the domain, and he couldn't let it go out of his mind. So, <laughs> but he also, I think he, it took him a while to kind of justify the value. The price. Yeah. But yeah. Can we get a price range for a, any deal that takes I mean, two I, years is not, yeah. a, you know, $20,000 deal. Is it typical any deal that lasts that long is always six figures, mid six figures and up? Certainly. I think everything's relative. I mean, I've got, I've had deals that took a long time that were very small deals. It just, you know, for that person, that was a lot of money to wrap their head around. It just took and time for them to get to a position. As I mean, I'm doing a deal. We've got a deal. I, I, uh, I won't. I won't mention the name because I don't want to. You know, but we've we've got a very small deal that literally. I mean, I think it was like seven years in the making until it went into escrow, and it's like a thirty-seven hundred dollar transaction. But why did you <laughs> spend the time years. in that, Drew? Well, I didn't spend. I just, you know, I replied, no, 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 no year after year after year until finally they said yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's just what it is. Um, I will, I'll say that, um, you know, as a buyer broker, I think sometimes people don't, they underestimate the amount of work that a buyer broker does to get the buyer to pay or, or agree to pay a realistic amount for it. There's a lot of, and I know obviously Drew and Drew and, and, and his team, you know, educate buyers along those same lines, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of kind of homework that has to be done before a buyer may be ready to pull the trigger. And in this case, it was two years <laughs> back and forth with my buyer client to kind of, you know, convince him, yeah, this is worth what you're going to end up paying. And he still got, I think he got a great deal. I, I think. Drew is happy with how it worked out. Um, and it's always great working with uh, Drew and his team. 
It's not surprising that even the lower price name took so long because the education process when you're dealing with an end user is the same. It's irregardless of the price, the education, yeah. the convincing, the, the getting them to understand the value of using a, a proper domain name, the right domain name for their business, whether it's a .club, .com, whatever. That education process is sometimes painful, takes a lot of time, and it's, it's, it's separated from the price. It has nothing to do with the price. Well said. All right, Drew, uh, stop uh, fooling around here. Give us a name. Uh. Okay. Um, shoot, hold on. I just had... I knew it. Uh, okay, let's... Um, all right. Uh, Snowcrab.com. We Ooh. bought to buy. Snowcrab. Snowcrab.com. Snowcrab. Like snowcrab legs. You know, the, the buffets that used to exist that, that may not exist in the future. Uh, I have a question. Is that one word or two? Would you spell that? Snow capital crab or snow crab one? That's a good question. I, I, I actually, honestly, I'm not sure what the proper, if it's one or two words. I, I guess it's two. As a vegan, as a vegan who doesn't eat seafood, I just assume that was someone who's like in a bad mood during the winter. They were snow crab. I will say. So one thing I'll say is I basically become a hundred percent vegan. You know, I was eighty percent or ninety percent of the way there, except for seafood. But you know, basically over the course of the last three or four months, I think, I think on the eighteenth, I'll have been. Yeah, on the 18th, which is the day I canceled NamesCon, uh, January 18th. So then I'll, I've been four months in, in, in quarantine. Anyways, um, I'll, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't eat anything anymore. Um, but snow crab, let's tell you what, you give me some snow crab, I will eat some snow crab. That sounds good. Bill knows, he's a Canadian. Actually, I'm not, I, I sort of think I've heard snow crab, but I actually don't know. Like, I, like oh, I, I think I've heard snow crab you just, legs. You just uh, lost your Canadian citizenship. Uh oh, uh oh. So are they? Is it from North? Like the? Is it from uh, the Pacific? Like up near? Like. Um, like... Yeah, it's basically all North Pacific. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. From Alaska yeah, so, okay. to you know, it basically does the whole band actually. I, I believe it's okay. not. I don't think we have it in the Atlantic though. I think it's yeah. Pacific, and it's basically that whole band. Like I well, know see, I'm vegetarian. crabs, but I haven't heard of snow crabs. Before, yeah. Okay, I'm completely shocked. And snow crab, I think I have known the term since I was like two. Um, Me too. And, Me and, too. Long before I was in the fish business, I was eating some snow crab off the buffet. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so. Take me a red lobster and give me some snow crab. Forget the lobster. I want snow crab. Yeah, I feel like. If you said, you know, what's some high-end seafood or fancy seafood to like your average American, they would say lobster, crab legs, and maybe snow crab. Um, really? But maybe yeah. that's my Massachusetts upbringing. Um, although, yeah, who knows? Anyway, okay. Uh, now, now it's your turn that you're uh, changing the subject instead of guessing. You can't be gleaning information. Uh, Come on, what do you think? Uh, so Drew, you sold it, you bought it, what happened? Uh, we bought it, we bought it. Okay, so media it. options acquisition. 
Yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Go. What do you guys think you paid for it? All right. So I see it kind of like it. I, I value it. It's like lobster.com, but way less valuable. But who knows? Maybe it's a bigger market. Which we own also, know. by the way. We also own lobster.com. Oh, that's very cool. That's a, yeah. that is a killer. Yeah, Lobster.com has more of a claw to it. I think it's just got <laughs> Oh, Jeff. <laughs> well, so, well, <laughs> and lobster.com lobster could be used for things other than the selling of lobster. Yeah, it's a, whereas snow crab, probably it, its best usage is in, you know, to sell snow crab, uh, whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> that may be, says the vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, uh, you, in the hopes that you will resell it, that if you got that name for 10, not say $20,000, you did like, well, because one would hope you could sell it for three, four, five times that amount to the right buyer. So I'll say $20,000. All right. So I'm going to go lower again because Drew bought it and he's, he's a uh, good buyer and, um, you know, I think while while he has the knowledge of it as his uh, his fishmongering past, I'm not sure it's it's not like a like you said, Bill, it's not as good as lobster.com. It's not once what? a fishmonger, always a fishmonger. <laughs> don't tell me about that. I just said you've okay? been you've been fully vegan for four months. I don't know. You that doesn't mean I can't still sell fish. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to sell what you consume. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I think I think don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> I think Drew bought this name very shrewdly. I'm going to say he paid $5,750 for it. I don't know, but I'm going to say he paid like 500 bucks for it. But um, that's no. Well, you don't get the guess. You're the one that enters it in the inventory. I know, but I don't. I just copy and paste. <laughs> no, I think he um, paid like $1,100 for it. Um, that's my guess. Yeah. So 1750. 1750. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and I literally, this was, this was a mind bending steal in, in my opinion. I mean, I, maybe I'm crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, I couldn't believe it when the auction ended. I, I think it was a GoDaddy auction. It was an expired domain on GoDaddy. And there was like no bidding and I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I had a proxy for much higher and I was just sitting there waiting and it just ended and I thought, wow, okay. Immediately paid with the credit card and uh, you know, that's it. Snowcraft.com, $17.50, yeah. What will you well list done. that for sale for, Drew? I don't know. Uh, Probably, you know, it throws me off because it's like when you get something for seventeen fifty, you're like, you know, maybe I'm off. But you know, if I had, you know, in a vacuum, if I hadn't just bought it for seventeen fifty, I'd probably price it at fifty seventy five thousand, something like that. Maybe even a hundred. Um, uh, yeah, I think somewhere in that range. I'd have to look at the numbers. Let's see what the search is. Um, you know, if there's any advertisers. Uh, but they, but just I, I I know for a fact that the business is a multi-billion-dollar business. Um, so we'll see. 
No crab it is. Good one. Yeah. No crab it is. Looking forward to hearing that on the next Sherpa, what you sold it for. Uh, very cool. All right, guys, let's take a second. Um, this was good. Um, let's talk about our sponsors who support us in our mission to educate folks in the domain industry. And then we'll get right into going through the Namejet domains, okay? FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. All right, we're ready for the marketplace list. The segment is sponsored by Namejet.com. We're reviewing domains heading to auction soon. If you like one of the names on the list, you do need to click through soon because once the auction begins, you can't bid on it uh, or even watch it if you haven't already set that up. So uh, for transparency, real quick, does anyone own or are you brokering any of the names on the list? No. All righty. Uh, Jeff, you're up first this time. Um, and I know there, so um, two weeks ago when we did our Sherpa panel, we talked a little bit, there were a couple registry names going up. Um, and they're uh, with some different, uh, some of the new GTLDs. Um, so I know a few of them are back on here. Those are actually live um, to bid on now, uh, like my.domains and online.university, fake.news. Anyway, so Jeff, what stands out to you on this list? What do you like? What, do you, what would you recommend um, people acquire? Yeah, so the, the ones I like the best, I'll, I'll talk about those first. So I actually like um, Adventure Gear. Uh, dot com a lot. And even though we are um, stuck at home presently, I think that um, people are going to be itching to to do stuff and go out and go hiking and kayaking and all these things, which are actually activities that are adventurous, but you can actually do them without large crowds of people, which I think people are going to feel more comfortable, comfor comfortable about. So I think adventuregear.com is, is a great, uh, a great name because um, people will be buying a lot of adventure gear. I even bought a kayak during this uh, pandemic because I live near a river and I can just walk it over there and do that. So I think adventure gear is great. Um, Did you buy a hard kayak or an inflatable one? No, I got an inflatable because I, I don't have anywhere to keep a hard kayak. I live in a condo. So, um, and I can just carry it with me, inflate it and get going. So I have two inflatable kayaks. I love them. Um, and I see more inflatable ones than hard ones when I'm out anyway. Um, yeah, and you'll be able to buy them at adventuregear.com. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also like, um, even though it's .org, which has obviously been in the, the news lately for various reasons, I really like uh, galaxy.org. I, I think space is, is going to be more than the final frontier. Uh, and um, there's a lot of opportunities. And, and even as a .org, um, you know, the kinds of information, I just can see a lot of potential uses for um, galaxy.org. Um, so I like that one as well. Um, I'm, I'm not always big on, on the brandables, but I think uh, Blue Raven has a good sound to it. I can envision a logo for it. So I think that that, you know, while it's not a, a, a great keyword uh, .com domain, I think that's something that could be brandable for, for almost any kind of industry and you, I think you can come up with a great logo and, and it's somewhat memorable. So Blue Raven, I think is a good name for 
a startup um, to use as a brandable name if that's what they're looking for. And then on the, the non.coms, I didn't see any .clubs on the list, but um, uh, you know, my domains is a fun thing, but I don't know what you would do with it you know, commercially. And uh, you know, I'm not sure you know, how someone would, would monetize that. It'd be a great personal name for someone to have or for a broker to have, but I'm not too hot on that. Obviously, given the world we're in now, online.university is a very interesting uh, name and has a great deal of potential right now. And I know there are other people using .university names for online learning. I know that, for example, uh, Jason Calacanis, um, I think, is, is using a .university name. Um, I think angel.university he's using for one of his online things. So I think uh, online.university could be, um, could be very interesting too, especially given the push towards online learning right now. So those are probably my four favorite on the list. Sorry, uh, makes sense. Um, I had to text my kids to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard Wasn't what you said. Not Tonight, Not Tonight was on Ninjet recently. That's what I remember. That when Shane was on. Yeah. yeah, I remember I remember talking about that one. At least that's a repeat. Uh, I don't see that on this list. Um, Are you thinking tickets really? tonight, Drew? Am I crazy? Uh, yeah. Hold on. I think I think if you want to ask no, that question. Not tonight. I see not tonight. I don't know. Maybe you're looking at a different list. How about I'll put it in the chat for you. Um, we have, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. This is Bill and Jeff. Um, <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. One of you was going to be Shane. Which one would it be? <laughs> Who can okay, I don't know. I, let's see. I, I don't know what I did. All right. Yeah. Do, you to, do you want me to? Go with my picks oh, for now okay. while, while Drew familiarizes yes. himself with some domains. Yes, that help? thank yes. you, Val. Okay. That would be great. So I literally further... have had the wrong list in front of me the whole time, and I'm like, hey. what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> it could have been made it more interesting show, but we'll go with the correct yeah. list. So, <laughs> so as further evidence that Jeff and I are brothers from another mother, my standout favorite on that list is Adventure Gear. Dot com. Uh, I I just I could consider that like a brand in a box. You can just immediately see the e-commerce store that you could build around that. It's a fantastic name. Um, so that was by far and away my favorite. Um, there were three others that kind of caught my eye. Uh, one is G10.com, uh, which is problematic because it's like, well, is it the letter G or is it G E E? Um, you know, I don't know if I, I didn't do any research on that. So I don't know if that's a, a Samsung phone and there's a trademark issue. I have no idea, uh, but it's a short name. Uh, it might appeal to Chinese buyers or Chinese business people. I don't know, not my word, but I like the fact it's short and kind of memorable, all things considered. Uh, I also like mediaattorney.com. Uh, the reason I like that, there's lots of potential end user buyers. Um, there are lots of attorneys and there are lots of attorneys that specialize in the media. And uh, 
one of the ones that came to mind uh, is somebody many of us know, Talia Saper, who is a fantastic attorney in the intellectual property space. And uh, she's also all over the media and she's very good and she gets interviewed by CNN and lots of other uh, uh, news publications and news channels. So I, when I saw media attorney, I thought, oh, Dahlia should know about that, but I don't want everybody to start <laughs> chasing Dahlia and saying, go and buy that name. I think she's fine with what she has. But, um, and then the last one that caught my eye, I have mixed feelings about this one. It's tickets-tonight.com. So a couple of years ago, I would have said, well, that's a fantastic name because it's got the alliteration. And once again, you can almost see the business. It sounds like a last minute ticketing store. You're in a major city. You want to get some shows for, get some tickets for a show that's tonight. You go to tickets tonight and get it. The only hesitation I have about that, so I think it's a fantastic brand, but I'm a little hesitant because I know a couple of people in the kind of online ticketing world and apparently it's just a cutthroat business. The margins are really, really low. And I've just heard it's really, really hard to make a decent living anymore in the kind of online ticketing world. But as a brand, I do think it's a strong brand and a great domain. I just don't know if now's the time to be launching a, a ticket business using that domain. Fair enough. Yeah, good point. Uh, Drew, what are your thoughts? What stands out to you here? Um. So, um, yeah, these guys have covered most of it. I mean, um, I like, I like, I mean, galaxy.com is the one that really like pops out to me just because, I mean, I don't know. I, I said it on the last show with uh, um, .net. I, I, I like, I still like .nets and .orgs. It's a disease. I can't get over it. I'm seeking help. Um, but, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I like big, bold words that everybody in the world knows. And sometimes I even like them on other extensions. So I like galaxy.org. Um, I and everyone in the universe galaxy. knows that not just everyone in the world, everyone in the universe. Right. Knows. Exactly. Galaxy. I don't even like galaxy.club. I doubt I, I, I wouldn't even be a bad domain. I'd like that. Um, I, I just said galaxy. I, I, I don't know. What do you do with that, right? You create a galaxy foundation. But, um, uh, I, you know, whatever. I, I like it. Um, I like G10, I, I, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the business angle is. I don't know what the commercial value of that name is beyond just being a short three-letter character name that has liquid value to China. You know? But, but um, you know, G10 was, was before the G7 uh, when we kicked out Russia and some other folks. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. There, there, there's a, there's something to it. Um, I, I like that name. I just like G10. I think, I don't know. I like the letter G. Number 10 is a good number. I don't know. So whatever reason, it's one of those things. Sometimes names call out to you. And when I look at a piece of paper with a bunch of names on it, most of them will not call out to me. Some of them do. And G10 calls out to me, so I like it, um, even if I can't explain it. Uh, spot on with tickets tonight. You know, great brand, but good luck. Like that is one of the hardest spaces on the internet. These tickets, very hard. Um, I would say even harder than insurance. 
So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of determined to buy fake.news, but I say that cautiously because I don't encourage anybody to buy it. Even though, like, you forget about, I'm not trying to discourage competition because it, it really is a demand. It's like, I kind of want to buy it because I want to make an email address and I just want to tease people. But, like, I, you know, I don't know what you do with it commercially. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it can be like the onion, but like the onion is only interesting because there's enough people that don't know everything on the onion is fake. So they go to the onion thinking they've read something that's real. But if the title of your website's fake got news, there's no fool in anybody. So I, 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 you know, I don't really know. You know, I guess it could be like a, a myth busting site. That could be interesting. Maybe a myth buster type of site. But but I don't I don't I kind of like it just because it's like fake news is such a big topic and, and fake dot news is kind of funny. It should uh, just be uh, redirected me. to Snopes. It should just yeah. redirect to Snopes so you can That's good point. all this stuff. Yeah. I literally for a second thought you were saying to snow crabs. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um how it's, come it's, no it's that kind of day. Yeah. How come no one mentioned buildvalue.com? So that was actually going to be the last name that I mentioned is I, I, I don't think so. So I, I like these names because I think they offer a very attractive upside when the timing becomes right. But these are not liquid names. So you have to be very careful because a name like build value will probably go for a decent price. And you're going to sit on it for probably a pretty decent amount of time, but it is a good domain. It's a very good domain. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think we're in a period of, of, of humanity where the next couple of years, at least building value is going to be out of, uh, out of style. I think that we're heading into yeah. a very survival. Mode. It's not yeah. Crisis mitigation, survivals, a little bit of socialism mixed in, but we're not really going into a full-on capitalist, you know, wave the flag for the capitalist society. And so um, build value, I don't know, but I like it a lot. I do. I like build value and I probably will bid on that one. Um, I probably will bid on that, probably bid on fake news, and I'll probably bid on Galaxy. Okay. And so, what about Rowan? Rowan is a great five letter, one word, uh, you know, uh, consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant. It, it, that's my cousin's name. It's a very traditional, um, is it Welsh? I know her mom's from Wales. I think it's Welsh uh, name. Um, nobody, anybody, nobody. It's, it's kind of British, European, kind of obscure men's first name, also a surname. I just, like surnames are not not very liquid. You know, you'll get hundreds of people with last name Rowan or first name Rowan wanting to pay you 500 bucks for it. Exactly. It's, it also is a tough name for and, the radio. And, and, and remember this, remember that this man right here has a pretty good amount of experience with, with you know, first and last name dot coms, having previously managed the uh, uh, real names portfolio for two cows. So um, he's gonna have more insight into these than anybody. And it's a tough one from the radio test perspective because if because it's not a common name here at least, uh, is it A N? Is it E N? Did I exactly. mishear it as rowing? Was, is I'm going to rowing.com? Mm -hmm. Rowing, you know, it's just it's it's um, 
it's not not as clear cut as it could be. In fact, that's one I think would be better if it was a first and last name. So if there was someone that was well known whose first name was Rowan, the first last combination would be a better domain than just Rowan. I do think no. if there's a Rowan company out there, perhaps named after their founder, yeah. they should be like all over that auction or hire Absolutely. a broker to get them that yeah. name because that's an incredible name for them if they're called Rowan as a company name. Yeah. But yeah, there's I didn't know there's that a university in Glasgow called Rowan. Apparently, I'm, I didn't know that. I'm just googling, and and apparently, um, uh, so so you know you got a little bit of trademark risk depending on what you do with it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, there, was a, there was a comment from Howard Marks, a uh, very infamous investor, uh, Oak Tree Capital, uh, which I think is the largest hedge fund in the world. And he made a comment that I, that I really liked. And it was that, they, you know, basically to the point of everything is great at the right price. And so it's like, you know, yeah, Rowan.com. You know, give a couple hundred bucks, maybe a thousand, two thousand bucks. Three, you know, great name. I love it. But that's not what it's going to end up going for, right? So that's why I, 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 I kind of overlook it because I, I you know, some names, I'll, I'll, even though they're glaringly, they have value, there's, there's certainly going to be a number of people that would love to own Rowan.com and maybe a number of companies that would like to own Rowan.com. Surely the university would like to own Rowan.com at the right price. Um, but uh, that, that delta between what you're going to pay and what the upside might be is just going to be less attractive than other names that are on this list and other names that are on other lists in other auctions, et cetera. So, so that's my, that's the way I'm looking at this. And I'm just saying, you know, sure. Rowan.com. I mean, you know, look, let's see, you know, Estabot says it's worth 30 grand. Esteban says it's got a little bit of traffic, probably because of the university, right? Uh, it's a good domain. Nobody's going to tell you, oh, that's a shit domain, let it expire. But particularly in the context of this show, you know, we're not looking at these names in a vacuum. We're looking at them in the context of this is going to go to auction. And what is it likely going to sell for? And then can you make a profit trying to sell it after that? Um, so... Uh, yeah, in that context, I don't love Rowan because I think it'll probably go for more than you're going to want to own it for um, based on what it'll likely sell for and the time it'll take and, you know, some of the nausea that may ensue prior to the sale. Um, and that is exactly what our audience needs to hear. I almost feel like we should just get that uh, clip and, and put it on every show because um, that's really it's how do you make a decision on which domain? Um, cause it, it is difficult. Um, thanks guys. I think, it's, I think, you know, something, someone actually pointed this out to me, um, recently, um, in regard, not in terms of domains, but in regards to stock investing in stocks and, um, you know, you can't look at an individual stock. I mean, you, if you said to me, you know, what, what, what's a great company to buy stock in right now? Amazon. Amazon's a great company. They're not going anywhere. You know, this virus isn't going to kill Amazon, I'll tell you that. It's one thing I'm positive about. This virus will not kill Amazon. But is that the question you were asking? Probably not, right? If you were asking me, hey, what, what's a good stock to buy today? You're asking me, where can I make money? 
where's a good company I can buy relative to the value? You know, where, where's the, where, where can I find some delta? Where can I find, or, or I guess in investing, they call it alpha. Where can I find alpha? Where can I find an, uh, something I can buy for a good price that's worth more? And so um, what the comment that I, that I appreciated earlier this week from, from a friend of mine who, who is a very successful investor um, was that, you know, don't evaluate any one investment decision in and of itself. You have to look at it in the broader context of your next best option, you know, because what we're talking about is capital allocation, right? And so unless you're an end user and you're looking for one specific domain, our job as an investor, whether you're investing in stocks, domain names, real estate, it doesn't matter, is to efficiently and effectively allocate capital. So if I'm, if I have, you know, all of us, I don't care how rich or how poor you are, if you put on your investor hat, you have a fixed amount of capital. You don't have unlimited capital unless you're the United States Federal Reserve. Uh, and so um, you have to look at it in the context of your, 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 your optionality. And you have to say, okay, I have $10,000 that I have available to spend. Um, Rowan.com? Yeah, sure. You probably buy Rowan.com for 10 grand. You know, if you hold it long enough, you won't lose money. Um, but is that the best place to allocate that 10 grand? Right? And, and I think you need to go through, you know, this broader context to understand, you know, don't just jump on a domain because you say, well, but clearly that domain is worth X. Sure, but you could make X squared by investing in this other domain that's at an even better price relative to its potential sale. Or you could invest in this other domain because the, you know, the, the, um, uh, 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 sales velocity will be faster and you'll get your money back even if the return is lower, right? You have, I think, I think, the biggest mistake, and I'm guilty of this mistake, and I only became really aware of it or was able to put it into words after my friend pointed this out to me in stocks because I made this argument to him. I said, man, look at this stock. This is a great stock. Like, I don't understand. Why is the price going down? Um, uh, uh, you know, instead of whatever, right? And, 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 you know, this thing was trading for like three times earnings, right? You know, like, what am I missing here? And so, um, you know, he said, well, yeah, you're right. But what about this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, right? And so it could be that maybe that's attractive stock, but if you look at the broader industry that that stock is in, there's more attractive stocks. Or maybe it's if, yeah, that's an attractive stock, but actually that industry is okay. But what about look at this industry, right? So it's, well, okay, we've got, you know, whatever it is, 20 names on here and there's a bunch of them that are good, but what about all the other names on Namejet? Is there a better place to allocate that capital? Or should I be looking at GoDaddy and Midropcat? You know, in the context of our job as a domain investor, and I'm sorry guys, I don't think that's right so much, but it really was a pretty revelational, such a subtle point that he made to me. Is like, you can't look at each investment in a vacuum. You have to look at it in the context of where else can I allocate this capital better? Amen. And a similar story short, 
Rowan.com, not your best investment on that list. But in a similar fashion, shouldn't, shouldn't a domain investor balance their portfolio the way you'd balance a stock portfolio? So you might have that domain that you know is going to hold its value. It may not have the delta, but it's not going to go down, you know, and it's going to be solid 10 years from now. And that's money in the bank, so to speak, that's safe. Absolutely. And then you have some names that, you know, they're a gamble. They're, you're getting them low. They could return 10x or 100x or they could go nowhere, you know, and, and you just got to balance 100%. it just like you would do your stock portfolio. Yeah. And, and again, and that balancing act is going to come down to what are your goals? How much, you know, are, are you in this for the long term? And you, do you need money now? You know, like, that's exactly right. The same questions that a, a financial, you know, uh, manager would, would, would ask you, you should be asking yourself when you invest in domains. And, and you're, Jeff's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're really already in our third section, but uh, let's take a minute here um, for our advertisers as well, um, just to hear who's bringing this to you. Um, FD was built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y, FT.com. All right, time for our third section. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what you guys hope, dream, or thinking of for the next three to five years in the domain industry. Um, Drew, I don't know if you want to go first or you want to pass it on. Um, I'll pass the baton. All right, okay. Um, so... Um, Let's, let's start with you, Bill. Um, you're, you're jumping in there for us. Sure, happy to. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, on the one hand, this industry or the industry of people being able to buy and sell premium domain names has made great progress. It's, you know, it's more efficient. There are some better tools out there. You know, like, it's, it's definitely better, but it's still horribly inefficient. It's still painful and confusing for the buyers. I mean, this morning, I, I must have had 30 emails back and forth with this end user buyer who was buying a very nice two word brandable domain from a client. And, uh, you know, the whole, and it was a, it was a push from the seller's registrar account to the buyer's registrar account. So that's the easiest kind of delivery of a name. And there was so he was understandably confused. We had to restart it. The seller was confused. So I had like, I was texting with the seller. I was emailing the buyer and it's like for, you know, like really, does it have to be that complicated? So I, I hope that in the next few years, uh, the buying of <laughs> domain names gets so much easier. Escrow is so much more seamless in general. And it's just becomes, a much better experience for all parties. That's my dream. That's a beautiful dream. Yeah. Wow. 30 emails back and forth in one morning. Uh, to, they yeah, in in half an hour, in half an hour. Cause it was like, well, I got this and I clicked on this link and it threw an error and, and he's, he's a sharp guy. It was nice. Cause most, some buyers would be getting all upset. And so we were just helping him through that. And it was not his fault, you know, it's just a broken, the broken process and <laughs> I hope it gets fixed one day <laughs> and I I'm happy to participate in fixing it if I can <laughs> of course yeah uh, 
Uh, how about you? How about you, Jeff? What's going on? What are your thoughts? Oh, well, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think we're, we're very fortunate to be in a digital space. You know, we've seen, you know, this year, even in spite of this pandemic, our premium sales have been outstanding. We've had uh, on the dot-com chart, the non-dot-com non charts on DN Journal, we've been in there with dot-club sales, you know, 12 of the 13 weeks this year, and that we see no difference. And I think a lot of that's being driven by what we talked about earlier. You know, there's an opportunity now for people who never thought about having an online presence before or never thought about having a business that they could operate online before are now open to those opportunities. And of course, every one of them needs a domain name. They need hosting. They need all the services that our industry provides. And they need premium names because, again, as that space gets crowded now with all these new entrants, the better domain name you have, the easier it is going to be for people to find you. So the value of premium names, I think, at every level um, should be increasing right now. And, and we're seeing that anecdotally, and we're seeing that in our you know, daily and weekly sales just from Doc Club's perspective, and I'm sure it's carrying through to other extensions and throughout the industry. And I think um, also the, the connectivity of groups, you know, the fact that people are, are, are having their own little Zoom clicks with family and friends, not just for business anymore, is going to drive, again, more people to understand the value of private communities they control versus just going into the big players like Facebook, et cetera. And that'll also create more demand for domain names as people want to make it easier and have brands for those little private communities that they're creating. So I think that it's unfortunate to be driven by this horrible situation we're in, but I think, you know, this is one of the few industries that in the long term should actually, you know, come out okay and, and, and maybe even benefit from uh, the situation we're currently in. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, I um I had a, a really I, I had a really fun call yesterday with uh, Steve Sachs uh, while he was driving in his Maserati, and every so often I'd have to stop um, talking. Just literally, it was like you know how normally you might hear a, like vroom. For, this was like a vroom, <laughs> like on It was pretty funny, um, but I, I, I was just telling him a little bit about like what I saw in two thousand eight. Um, when I worked at GoDaddy and everyone having to um, re-examine um, re why, yeah, reinvent definitely, but re-examine why am I not online? What else can I be doing online? Um, but also, it, it, I feel like these are the moments when people are willing to make changes, when people are willing to change perspectives. Yeah. You know, a lot of the objectives that, uh, I mean, objections that we struggle at, um, to overcome when talking, especially with um, corporate clients, it's, it's time for a fresh new mindset if, if you want to survive. Um, so I, I think just like 08, this is going to bring in really smart, new blood, um, and new new mindset. So I'm kind of excited to see what innovation. I think we have such a creative industry. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious. Well, about a lot of things. But Drew, your turn. Um, Sorry. So, no. So um, uh, five years out, um, I, I'm pretty pretty bullish on the domain market. That's for sure. Um, you know. 
uh, <clears throat> I had a lot of people, uh, you know, I, I made a tweet the other day just saying that the first week of May was uh, uh, the best week uh, that we've had this year. Um, and uh, really, uh, what I was trying to say was, you know, I, I was putting that in context was that that was very uh, much in contrast with some of the sentiments that I've shared here, particularly on Green Sherpa over the last few weeks, that, you know, business has been down. I mean, I, I actually think, um, you know, it's, it's been very strange. I mean, January was uh, the best month. It was like maybe the best month I think we've ever had in the history of the company. Um, and then February um, was okay, pretty standard, normal, down a bit. March was horrible. April was, um, uh, you know, March was, was basically a write-off. Um, April was so-so, you know, a bit of an uptrend. Um, and then uh, May, you know, I, you know, still early, but the first week of May was absolute boom, you know, and, and, and some of that was pipeline, but a lot of it was, was new. It, it was really like a couple of deals that just came out of nowhere. It was just new buyers, new, you know, just new business. There wasn't something we were working on. It wasn't pipeline. It was just new business. And, and my sentiments, my interpretation of the interaction, my interpretation of the new business that suddenly showed up at our door um, and, and I want to say, I mean, new business shows up at our door a lot, right? But but not necessarily in this environment. So um, it, 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 I would say, uh, I think that, so uncertainty, and I've discussed this before, uncertainty is, the, is a cancer. Uncertainty is worse than bad news. So when you have bad news, you can plan accordingly, you can deal with it, you can make decisions. When you have uncertainty, the whole world went into, you know, for basically like eight weeks, the whole world was like a deer in headlights. Nobody knew what to do. I, I mean, just look at stock markets. It was like nobody knew up, down, all around. People, people are stuck at home. They're trying to figure out this work from home thing. They're trying to figure out this Zoom thing. They're trying to figure out this teach your kids at home schooling thing. I, I mean, it's just been a lot of figuring shit out. And I think the whole world's been like deer in headlights for the last two months. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not extrapolating this out anywhere beyond just the domain market, because I think that economically, we haven't seen anything yet, to be honest with you. I, I think that the worst is yet to come. And I think that we've only just begun to gaze over into the abyss, to be honest. That's, that's my honest opinion. Um, I think that in the fall is when we're going to start seeing it get really ugly. We'll start seeing corporate debt unwinding. That will lead to pension plan unwinding, which will lead to sovereign debt crisis unwinding. And, and that's all going to play out, I think, over the next 24 months. And, um, and I think it's going to be uh, uh, devastating, like, truly. I, 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 I honestly was like almost in tears. I'm not a very emotional person. Uh, in fact, I... <laughs> Sometimes worry I don't have any emotions, but um, I, I really was like almost in tears the other day, like just extrapolating this out and thinking it in my head. And you know, I've really been studying extensively. I've been reading history. I've been trying to really get an understanding of what it is that we're facing here. And and I do think it's going to be horribly, horribly bad. Uh, I don't. I think there's very few people who actually grasp 
um, how bad I think this will be. And, I, and I'm not even talking about the virus anymore because I think there's just a lot of uncertainty in terms of the virus itself. I'm talking pure play, purely economic. Um, and having said all of that, uh, what I keep coming back to is that uh, domain names are truly the underlying asset of the digital economy. More new, more new business coming in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as the underlying assets of the digital economy, um, I, I don't think that there's really, if you zoom out far enough, I don't think that, you know, I, I really just don't think that there's anywhere for domain names to go, but, um, and I hate to say that because there's no such thing as easy money. Uh, and there's no such thing as, 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 you know, unilateral directional markets, uh, although the S&P 500 would, uh, you know, trying to argue with people about that. Um, but I do think that, uh, I do think that that's just simply right. I think that, um, uh, you know, we're just, we're not making more premium.com domains. Um, we're not, you know, in fact, to be honest with you, we're not making more uh, premium domains within the context of any particular string um, at all. And so um, whether it's investors or registries holding back as premiums or registrars or, you know, domain names have gone through a, a few cycles of, of business cycles already. And when I got into this business, which was already, you know, late, um, you know, there were fewer people in the market, um, but there was a lot more uncertainty. And, and I think, you know, as parking went away, you had a lot of people fall out of the market. And then as, you know, the 2008, 2009, 10 crisis happened, which sort of coincided with the backside of parking starting to go down. A lot more people fell away. And then in 2017, there was you know, some nausea and a lot of other people fell away. Um, I think at this point, the vast majority of great domain names are in the hands are, are, of strong investors. Are, are, they're, they're in strong hands. They're not in the hands of people who uh, need to sell. And they're not in the hands of people who want to sell unless they get their place. For the most part, that's a very broad and general statement. And I'm primarily talking about premium.coms and 20, 25 years old. But um, I think that that's a pretty fair statement. And that, that's been my experience um, uh, dealing with domain owners, uh, both on the buy and sell side. So um, I, I would guess that Bill would probably concur with that. It's getting harder to buy domains, not easier. Um, and so I think that that trend um, even if it gets interrupted by some economic uh, uh, nausea, um, that trend will perpetuate. I don't see anything that will stop that trend. And in fact, when you look at the world and you think, okay, yes, we're in this financial crisis, but value is much, in my mind at least, and, and I welcome anybody to tell me I'm wrong, but value in general is like energy. So you can't make more of it, you can't make less of it. 
cumulative gross value in the world is, is a fixed amount. And how you measure that is up for debate, I would, I have my thoughts, but regardless of how you measure it, gross value is a singular and finite amount. And what happens is, is that that value shifts around and parts of it lives here in one asset class, part of it over here in another, and it shifts around based on a bunch of exogenous factors like, you know, federal interest rates, uh, liquidity, economic data, preferences, society, you know, there's, there's all these exogenous factors. And those exogenous factors, exogenous meaning from outside, but not directly correlated, um, uh, are far more powerful than the endogenous factors. Now the endogenous factors, if we're talking about domain names, endogenous meaning from within, exogenous meaning from without. So the endogenous factors that affect domain names are far less meaningful than the exogenous factors. And the same could be said about the stock market. And that was really, again, where I came to this conclusion was that you cannot tell me that it makes sense that the S&P 500 is near all time highs when we have close to 30% unemployment in the United States, right? I, those two things are just incongruous, seemingly incongruous. But the reality is that they're only incongruous if you're examining the value of the stock market based on the expected earnings of the companies within. Though that would be, so, so those earnings or expected earnings are the endogenous factors or one of the endogenous factors, probably the most important endogenous factor in putting a value on a particular stock or a company. The exogenous factors are again, pretty similar for all these asset classes. It's interest rates money supply, you know, society, it's all these different exogenous factors. And, and particularly in a, in a high volatility environment like we have right now, the exogenous factors are far more correlated to the price of an asset than the endogenous factors. And um, that is why the stock market is at all time high because there's trillions of dollars in, in various forms of, 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 you know, monetary intervention. Um, and zero interest rates or negative interest rates in parts of the world, right? But these are the things that are driving this, not the valuations of these companies. And the same can be said for dominions. So we have a lot of exogenous factors that are going in our favor. Um, and the endogenous factors are more or less, let's call it a push, okay? Um, I would say there's probably a little bit of positive uptick, you know, .org um, sale got canceled. I, I, whatever you believe about that sale, it is very important that that sale didn't happen for the sole reason that it maintains the public respect and integrity of ICANN. And that was probably the greatest endogenous threat to our business. If, if there is particularly political and societal um, uh, loss of, of belief, in ICANN, I can tell you that uh, we're going to have a problem, you know, like, like this whole concept of unstoppable domains and a new DNS system on the blockchain, that shit becomes viable when the world no longer believes in ICANN. So long as the world believes in ICANN, that shit is a, it's a sideshow. I, it, it's not going to 
be meaningful. It'll be less meaningful than dot biz in regards to the value of, of, of premium domains, okay? Um, but the moment that the world says, you know, not sure we trust this ICANN, uh, we got a problem, okay? And I can tell you, the moment that happens, I'm jumping ship, okay? I, 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 I'm in this, I, I, you know, I'm a believer. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that would doubt that. But only because there's a, you know, instilled belief in, in that ICANN is an, you know, objective governing body that, uh, you know, maintains good control of uh, the DNS. Um, or let's say, you know, the regulatory aspect of that. So, um, you know, bringing this long story to, to an end, um, there's no possible way in my mind um, that domain names do not become more important. And I think that the censorship, the deplatforming, which um, both of these guys also alluded to, um, uh, you know, this is going to drive people faster to the conclusion that if you want to own a relationship with your customer or your fan or your whatever member of your community, you better own the platform in which you engage with them. And that ain't going to be Facebook. It's not going to be Google. It's not going to be anybody except your domain name. That is the only place in this digital economy where you can make a direct connection and build a direct relationship where you own the data, you own the relationship, you own everything about that with your customer or your family, whatever, okay? And, and that is just, it's just simply a fact, but it's a fact that was very easily ignored in the environment of exuberance and abundance and, you know, whatever, right? Whatever we had before this, that is gone. That's never coming back. Maybe not never, but, but not in my lifetime. And so uh, I do think that all of this was already underway, but now it's here. And, um, you know, it might take some ups and downs with this economy, but, but I'll tell you, I think domains are poised for, I, I mean, before any of this even happened, I mean, I, I, I thought domains were three to five X undervalued from what the market should be, what their utility value is to the, to the economy today. Um, and I think that that may be, um, uh, I think that it might even be more than that. I think that, uh, uh, I think if we look out five years from now, I think that we're looking at a five to 10 X increase in the value of the best domains. Um, but in the meantime, I, 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 you know, I still maintain that, uh, you know, there's a lot of ugliness coming and, uh, you know, our market has been that top 2%. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that top 2% is going to perform all that well over the next 12, 18 months, just because, you know, there will be pockets, right? There, there will be pockets and we will make sales. We just sold a bunch of six and seven figure domain names um, in the last 14 days. So there, there will be pockets, but um, it'll probably be tough at the top and uh, a lot more growth at the bottom or in the middle. Um, but I think, uh, you know, once we get out beyond this, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm more bullish than I've ever been in my entire life. And not only more bullish, but I'm just like, I have more conviction. Um, I have more conviction in, in my belief. So, yeah.
Thank you. That's really insightful. Um, I think that on top of our audience just being interested in what you have to say, everyone is also pretty bored and wants a new resource. Um, so what do you recommend? You said you've been reading a ton um, or researching a ton. I'm sure, you know, podcasts, whatever. What do you throw out a couple recommendations? And while I'm asking you that, um, Bill and Jeff, I want to ask you on a different level. Now, you're certainly welcome to throw out any business or economic recommendations, but you two are, I think, the biggest movie buffs in the entire domain industry. And I mean, almost every person I talk to is like, I've watched all of Netflix. Yeah. What do you recommend? So I want from the two of you some, um, some recommendations on movies or TV. But, it, um, but like I said, you can throw in business too. But Drew, what, what do you recommend? What are you reading or research? Where, where are you going? Where do, where do people want to go that you are? Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm mostly looking to history and to just legendary uh, uh, investors uh, and, and, and reading what their thoughts are and some of the more personal memos and things that are out there. Um, I, 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 you know, uh, there was a very interesting interview I listened to the other day. Um, uh, Anthony Pompliano um, has something called the Pomp Podcast. Anthony Pompliano is a, uh, he, he runs a, a hedge fund, um, mostly involved in the blockchain and digital crypto industry, um, but also outside of that, but he, you know, he's got a pretty decent macro investor mindset. Um, and uh, uh, we are, uh, uh, I'm an investor actually with him in a, in a, in a startup. Um, and his so, podcast is he the, has Pomp podcast. the Pomp The Pomp, P-O-M-P podcast. And uh, he interviewed a, um, I can't come up with the guy's name this very second, but um, he interviewed uh, a guy, uh, when these guys are talking, I'll look for it, but, um, he, he's a geo, uh, geopolitical analyst, um, a quite no, well-known one. He's written three books, um, and uh, I, I've listened to him before. He, he's a very sharp guy. He has some shortcomings and some things I don't agree with. It but, is Peter um, uh, Zayan. Everybody, exactly. That's it. Yep, Peter Zay, Peter Zayan. Peter Zayan explains the geopolitical landscape. I'll I'll tweet it right now. How's that? Yeah, so it was, um, that was a really, really, really fascinating interview that I would encourage everybody to watch. Um, uh, whether you're interested in Bitcoin or not, actually this had very little to do with Bitcoin and blockchain. It was mostly real macro geopolitical analysis, uh, sort of country by country, really good stuff, really good. Um, I really, I always, uh, I like to reference and I like to, look to Sam Zell. I think he's one of the wisest of, of, of all people, never mind investors. Um, Sam Zell is uh, probably the most widely respected uh, real estate investor, uh, basically widely credited with not inventing, but proliferating the real estate investment trust. Um, um, just brilliant, brilliant man. His family was, you know, fled Warsaw, Poland on the last train out of Warsaw. Uh, before the German uh, Luftwaffe came and bombed the, all the railroads and everybody else ended up in a concentration camp. They fled through Lithuania, Russia, back to Japan, somehow, and then ended up in Chicago. 
and uh, not a pot to piss in. And today he's a billionaire and one of the most infamous investors in the world. And just a humble, simple guy that truly has wisdom uh, that you don't find many places. So basically anything from Sam Zell, I mean, read his book. Um, but there's been a few interviews with him recently. There was an interview with him on Tim Ferriss. Uh, it might have even been before this virus started um, that I that I loved. Uh, I recently saw an interview with him on uh, I don't know if it, I don't know where it was one of the news stations. He was on Paris January twenty eighth. Yeah, and then there was uh, he did an interview recently that uh, was on one of the main news stations. I don't remember which one. Um, that wasn't a great interview, but it had some great insights from Sam and um, I, I, you know Howard Marks, uh, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, Oak Tree Capital. He publishes all his um, uh, all his memos that he sends out to his investors. He, he publishes them publicly. He's been doing that for 30 years. There's a, a treasure trove of amazing information. Um, these are not short things. These are not you know easy reads, um, but you know unbelievably valuable in in forming your own framework of what's going on in the world. Um, I think uh, I, I recommend listening to Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, you know, it was the first annual shareholder meeting where you know it wasn't tens of thousands of people descending on Oklahoma. Um, uh, you know, he did it all on Zoom, <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it was very sober and um, sobering. And uh, very, very out of sorts for Warren Buffett. As somebody who's read every book he's ever written and every book that's ever been written about him, um, and uh, I read all his annual, you know, annual uh, shareholder letters. I've been a shareholder for 20 years, um, maybe not 20, 15. And um, um, I actually probably is closer to 20. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot more to be found in that in that video of, 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 of Warren Buffett in what he doesn't say. Uh, I think that that's what you want to look for. It's, uh, but I, I think that's hard if you don't have prior context with him. But I think what he doesn't say is, is, is the most um, uh, interesting. Um, Do you have any but, comments uh, on, on what he doesn't say? Or that'd be, be a whole other show. Um, I, I won't bore everybody. Um, All right. And it's also, you know, I'm getting out over my skis here, right? Like I'm not a financial guru. I, I just find this stuff to be really interesting. And I think that it helps us formulate, you know, I think formulating a framework of what's going on in the world and where do I fit in and, you know, where are we headed? I think it's just super important. It doesn't matter what you do. I think to figure out where you fit in and how you want to fit in and, what the future holds, um, I think, uh, for better or worse, I think financial markets and, and the people who understand them best are probably better predictors of that than most other things. And um, um, yeah. Love well, your you. insight. All right, Jeff, uh, you're gonna entertain us, business us, or both? I guess I'm a little of both, but um, to, to drop the bar down a bunch of levels, you know, everyone's been watching the uh, the Tiger King uh, series, which has been crazy. I actually was shocked to find that one of the lead 
characters in that story was this guy, Doc Antle, because I actually made a movie with him um, back when I was with Troma, but the movie Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD required a bunch of animals in the screenplay, which I co-wrote. We, we needed a tiger and a lion and a monkey. And we actually hired Doc Antle and his entourage, his, his many women, uh, to be the animal wranglers for the movie. And he actually appears in the movie and, and his animals are in the movie and it was quite an experience. So it was bizarre so many years later to see him suddenly rise to this uh, pop culture level as part of that um, bizarre series. But um, I digress very much no, so. that's wild. Uh, <laughs> one business tip, I mean, you know, Drew mentioned some great podcasts and I listen to a lot of podcasts on a, on a regular, literally on a daily basis, like 30 or 40 regularly. And um, including Tim Ferriss, which I highly recommend, especially lately. But um, one of the behaviors I changed in the current situation, which I highly recommend, is because I listen to so many podcasts and, and it's an asynchronous thing, meaning they get downloaded into my device and I can listen whenever I want. I've always been three, four weeks, a month behind the current podcast, and I would just go through them sequentially. And during this uh, situation when we're all at home, I actually changed my, my listening strategy and, and rearranged my podcast software so that I get the current episodes at the top of my playlist when they happen. And I found that to be really great because right now in this unique moment in time, almost every podcast is addressing it in the context of what their subject is, whether it's a science podcast or an entertainment podcast or a business podcast there's the commentary of the present situation, which I find really interesting. So I recommend very much if you typically listen to your podcast sequentially and you're behind a few weeks, I'd reverse it and try to listen to everything with the most current episode first, because I think there's a tremendous amount of side benefit to that right now. So th that would be mm -hmm. a recommendation. And then a viewing recommendation, just a little bit of something that's not fresh, it's not new, but if you haven't seen it yet, um, there's a number of seasons, so it'll take up a lot of your time. And if you have any interest in the, the computer industry and the history of the computer industry, there was a series called Halt and Catch Fire, um, which Halt I think the last season fire. was maybe two years ago, Halt okay. and Catch Fire. And it is okay. just outstanding. I think there's five or six seasons and it really, it's, it's, um, it's dramatic, you know, it's not fact, it's not um, a documentary, but it's extremely accurately and factually done and extremely well performed and well written. And if you have any interest in the computers and technology, uh, you'll love it. Uh, and I highly recommend that. And there's a number of seasons, so it'll keep you busy. That's important, I think, for Very cool. Right Super. And one that last, on I'll make one last. Is, Sorry? is that on yeah, Netflix, Netflix? Do you know? Yeah, I think you can get most of the seasons on Netflix. One last recommendation for a business podcast because it's so different from the typical business podcast is business wars. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's from the Wondery group, mm -hmm. but business wars takes two companies in a similar industry and dramatizes their story in a business war. So it might be, you know, Nike versus Adidas, you know, um, you know, uh, Mars versus uh, M&Ms, you know, Mars versus another, you know, candy company, different industries, different businesses but it's presented dramatically with actors' voices and sound effects, and it's a very different business show, but it really gives you the history of, of some great companies and entrepreneurs, and I highly recommend that as well. That sounds very cool. cool. All right. Uh, I think that- I like this, I like this, we should keep going. I want more, I want more, I need more, I need, I need more new inputs. 
Yeah. And they don't all have to be business. They could be, I mean, preferably not quite Tiger King level, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't stoop. I just, I just can't do it. I, I can't stoop down to Tiger King. I just can't do it. Uh, um, Bill, what do you got? What are you thinking? Uh, so I've got a business recommendation and an entertainment recommendation. With the business recommendation, uh, I always recommend uh, whether you get it online or buy a physical magazine, imagine that, uh, The Economist. Uh, it's a weekly mm -hmm. publication. And what's amazing about it is that it's of a global perspective. Um, and they do a technology quarterly, which uh, that's a good issue to pick up if you just want to get familiar with The Economist, but it's a fantastic publication and uh, that I always find it so, gives you such a global perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the business recommendation. Uh, on the uh, entertainment uh, recommendation, you know, I'm a huge movie fanatic as is Jeff. This has been a weird period for me because typically my wife and I would go out to a movie in a you know big theater at least once a week, usually Tuesday nights, when Tuesday or Sunday nights or both was our movie nights. So we missed that. Um, but we just finished watching the final episode of the final season finale of a Canadian uh, crime series, which has been licensed around the world. So it's available in over 200 countries. It's amazing. It's called Cardinal. C-A-R-D-I-N-A, -A. like the bird, has nothing to do with birds. The main character, his last name is Cardinal. But it's an incredible series uh, that's set in Northern Ontario. And uh, each season is about some complicated kind of crime and they follow, follow it along. And the reason I'm recommending it is it's, it's super beautifully made, um, really suspenseful but also, oh my God, so uniquely Canadian. Last night, I think it was, this, it was the final episode and I'm not gonna give any spoilers here, but we're watching it and that this season, the last season is set in the winter. Not all the seasons are. Um, and there was a, a police officer on a police snowmobile kind of chasing a bad guy. And I was like, oh my God, it does not get any more Canadian <laughs> than that. But it's an incredible series, <laughs> Cardinal, you can find it on different streaming networks. Uh, highly, highly recommended. Super cool. I want to see that. Nice. Um, oh, well, I think. All right. I, I, while I have two movie buffs on here, I actually have to ask you guys a uh, personal question. So I, uh, I haven't owned a television for like a very long time, 14 years. Um, so my wife and I, when we do watch a movie, it's like on a laptop. And that's getting old. So uh, I want to get a projector. Do either of you have any experience with projectors or know anything about projectors? Well, I'll I'll jump in there because I've got a home theater. Um, projectors are always a compromise. They, they they do get you the biggest image, but you sacrifice mm -hmm. picture quality. I would really? highly, yeah, hugely. I would highly recommend you look. At an OLED TV, that's O-L-E-D, from mm -hmm. LG um, or Samsung. Uh, that technology is incredible. It's super flat. The picture quality is amazing. They're not crazy expensive, and they're making them bigger and bigger. Um, 
that that will get you so much better picture quality and a movie-like experience than a projector. Just that you can't take it away. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, you could just sell it after the pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah. They make roll up. Uh, I think they even make like they're what? probably huge expensive, but they're making they they're coming out with OLED that kind of rolls up like a window blind. But what? Yeah. No way. Are you yeah, serious? Seriously. Yeah. Okay, so that I'd be down for that. That'd be amazing. That's like best of both worlds. Yeah, check it out. It's like uh, it's like a Venetian blind. I think it's Venetian the one you roll down. Anyway, it's the yeah. that's no. crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So OLED. You just want? I, I recommend OLED. If you just want a portable projector, there are a lot of uh, better ones now. You're not going to get like a 55-inch screen with them, but if you just want something you can take and be in another place and project it on a wall and maybe have a 32-inch image on the wall that's pretty good quality, there are a lot of those available now. But but I would agree with Bill, unless you absolutely need the, the size that just is, is impractical for a, a screen, you're much better off with uh, OLED screens right now. And they're getting bigger and cheaper every day, literally. Okay. All right. Let's see. I guess I'll let it is. All right, guys. This was wonderful. Thank you for taking so much time. Um, Wide-ranging Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, yes. definitely. Definitely. But all interconnected. All interconnected. Oh, oh. Um, and uh, that, and, and I think uh, now we just need to see you launch uh, Join the Dot Club. I can't. Yeah, when, how much time do I have to get that up and running before this airs? This airs on Monday, Monday the 18th. Okay. Today on the 13th. Plenty of time. Airs Plenty of time. Yeah. Plenty All right. Of time. Cool. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. <laughs> I just saw a little mini Sherpa there for a second. Yeah, she has oh, her class. Yeah. No, no. It's, she thinks it's over, but it's not. Um, <laughs> she has her class Zoom right now. Um, so I'm trying to get her on. Sorry. Um, okay. But yeah, this was good. Thank you guys. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Stay safe Bye. and healthy. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Yeah.